Good morning. Uh, my name is Sam Williams. I'm one of the elders here at at North Wake, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. It's been a, it's been a wonderful one. I got to spend it with my uh, my brother and his family in uh, in uh, in Davidson, and we had an incredible time. And you know, um, <clears throat> you've probably had this experience before. You 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 read about something, or maybe you hear about it. Uh, but when you actually get there, when you, when you see the, the real thing, it's different. I remember the first time I saw and stood before the Grand Canyon, and, and I was overwhelmed, dumbstruck. That means I couldn't speak. That's rare for me. Um, I also remember when I, I took uh, Dr. Lederbach, Mark Lederbach, my dear friend, with me to Brazil. And uh, we went to uh, the falls of Iguazu, two miles of waterfalls. Makes Niagara look like a water faucet. And Dr. Lederbach saw these falls, and there's this platform that you can go stand right before them. And I looked over at him, and he's just standing there like this, worshiping. Not not the waterfall, thank God, but... (laughs) He is an ethics professor. And, um, but worshiping the God who made that waterfall, just arms up wide open before this waterfall because of the creator that put it there for us to enjoy. Uh, then after that, we went to uh, the city of Rio. And you've probably seen Christ the Redeemer, this huge, massive concrete statue up on a mountain called Corcovado. And this big, huge, concrete Christ towers over the city of Rio and the Guanabara Bay. It's just stunning. But imagine that you were there. Imagine that you were somewhere, and and you didn't see a concrete Christ. You saw the real Christ. Christ, the real thing. You see God with, with 20-20 vision. And, and then not only that, but, but you can, he speaks and you can hear him clear as a bell, as clear as you hear me right now. If that was the case, what would you be doing? You'd be doing what we're doing here today. You'd be glorifying God and enjoying Him and worshiping Him and and thanking Him. And it would be as natural as breathing or blinking. It would be automatic. Now, here's the question I want to pose for you today. In this very brief homily, not a sermon, mind you. I knew you'd be thankful for that. Another reason to give thanks. Um, Why is that not the case every day? Is not God real every day? Is not the gospel true every day? Does not Christ reign over all things, not just over Rio, every day? I I think the reason Thanksgiving is so hard for us on those other days is that we're in an abnormal state, we are disordered, and we're in an in-between time. You see, if if we saw God clearly and heard Him just right every day, not just last Thursday, not just this morning, every day would be Thanksgiving Day. Why is it not so for us every day? 
I think part of the answer to that is that there is, in fact, as we heard a little bit in some of the stories here this morning, uh, so much evil and suffering and tornadoes and cancer and all that stuff is real. It's, it's out there. We, we live in a place where something's gone terribly wrong. And we do get colds and sometimes even cancer. We go outside to picnic or play and, and it's gray and cold and sometimes you can't even go outside because of a storm and, and it can get even worse. We have tornadoes and we have hurricanes that wreck cities and, and homes and sometimes families. And then there are other people that make this world so crazy. The jerks and the idiots out there, right? And sometimes... Those are friends and family members that you thought were going to be there for you. But sometimes they don't show up. And sometimes even our own families hurt us. And sometimes even more than anybody else could. And well, I could go on and on and on. There's so much bad stuff around us. And and I think that's one reason why it's hard to give thanks every day. We, we get tuned into that, and it's real. We do live in a world that has been infected from top to bottom with sin. There are things going on around us that are destructive and that are hurtful, and it does cause a lot of pain. Things aren't the way they're supposed to be. And these things should be grieved. We have good reason for sadness. So that's one reason every day isn't a day of thanksgiving. This, this place is really broken where we live. But there's another reason that thanksgiving is so unnatural for us. And it's that not only is this place I live in broken, but I'm broken and you're broken. And sin not only infects out there, but in here. It infects you and me. And it messes with our minds and obstructs our senses and we don't think clearly and we don't perceive rightly and we're just by nature disordered. So as a result, we don't naturally make eye contact with God, but we avoid even sometimes, we avoid looking into His face and we don't hear Him clearly Sometimes because of the static in the world around us, watch TV for a little while, that's pretty clear. And even when we can hear him through the static, sometimes we don't like what we're hearing, so we just turn it off, go my own way. So we fail to thank and honor God, and that's the problem with you and me and this whole world, isn't it? And that's why every day is not a day of thanksgiving. And that's the problem that Jesus came to solve. Because of what He's done for us, which we're going to celebrate today together through remembering, as you can see the table here, representing the body of, and blood of Christ. We're going to remember what this Christ did for us so that we can, because of Him, taste and see that God is really, really good. We can see 
beautiful sunsets and enjoy a spring shower and be a great friend and love our families well and we, we can give thanks today. We have given thanks today for God and church and small group and goodness and so much. We could go on forever and ever. So I want to uh, list for you two or three typical obstructions, things that we could get out of our way because of what God's done for us so that for you every day could be a day of thanksgiving. The uh, scriptures are not going to be up on the screen here today, so you have to stick with me. We're going to look at Isaiah 57 and then at Revelation 21 and a, little, a few other verses in between. So if you have a real Bible, you can take that out and take a look at it. So uh, Isaiah 57, verse 14, the prophet Isaiah says, Build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. Well, what would be your obstruction to thanksgiving every day? What typically gets in your way and prevents a, a grateful heart? Well, for some of us, the big obstruction, this is, this is mine right here, is a heart of entitlement and pride. I listened to a Piper sermon on Thanksgiving Day, and he said, proud people don't say thanks. You don't say thanks when you don't realize that you are a recipient to be proud is to consciously, but for me anyway, more often than not, subconsciously, I just kind of think the world should operate in accord with my thoughts and my desires, and, and when it doesn't, I pitch a fit. Sometimes that's visible and sometimes it's not, but I get upset because I'm, I'm not the sovereign one. Well, the Bible's pretty clear here about pride. And it says, God opposes the proud. Now think about what that means. God opposes the proud. To be proud is to declare God your opponent. Not a good idea. If God's on the other team, guess who's losing? But here's the good news for us. Even though when we are proud, God opposes us, the Bible also says that He gives grace to us when we're humble. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. Not you, Sam. And I also dwell with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. And this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit, and who trembles at my word. Do you expect people to tremble at your word? That's not right. We should tremble at God's word. And the good news for us is that, that grace is like water. It always flows downhill to the lowest places. When we're humble, God pours His grace upon us. 
Another possible obstruction for some of us might be a heart not of pride but of, of hurt, bitterness, some form of anger or resentment. And some of you have been wronged and you have not been treated right. Well, here's the good news for you. Either justice will come or it has come for those who have offended you. Either they will be dealt with on God's timetable and God says, leave that one to me. I'll set all things right. Trust me. My justice is perfect. Or God says, the justice that person deserved that hurt you, that wronged you, that justice they deserve, since they belong to me, I have poured it out upon my son when I struck him and bruised him on their behalf on the cross 2,000 years ago. So either way, God says to you, if you're hurt or angry or resentful, God says, forgive as you've been forgiven. Don't be like a dam that stops things, but instead be like a channel for God's grace, flowing through you, not stopping at you. Have mercy on others as I have had mercy on you. Pass it on. Or maybe you have difficulty giving thanks because of a million other ways this world has been messing with you and that make it hard to see every day as one in which God is so good to me. Maybe you've been shot at recently by Satan. His fiery darts have been accusing you of being lower than dirt. Or maybe he's been tempting you like nobody's business in your weakest spot. Or maybe your health is bad or the health of someone you, you love is bad. And, or maybe the weather is messing with your mood. Or maybe your car is a lemon. We could go on and on. We live in a very beautiful but very, very broken world. Well, the Bible anticipates this also. Peter says in 1 Peter 4.12, he says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering. Don't be surprised at this. As though something strange was happening to you. Don't be surprised. This is not strange, the apostle says. This is, this is typical. We live in an in-between time, a broken world. Don't be surprised at this. Expect it. This is not strange. Jesus says in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Did you hear that last sentence? Jesus, the ruler of the universe, says, I have overcome the world. Well, that's really good news, my friends. That is what we are celebrating. That is what brings us together every Sunday. The one through whom and by whom this world was made is going to remake it. I have overcome it. I'm going to come back and remake it. It's just a matter of time. So listen with me. Let's look down the road a little bit into the near future. We live in the last days. We're in the last chapter of this book. In the near future, this is what John said and saw. 
I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea even was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And that city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the night will be no more, and they will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. And they, they, they will reign forever and ever. We have good reason to be grateful every single day. So, how would you finish this sentence? Think forward to this next week. I could give thanks today if... Fill in the blank. What's in those places, in that blank, that God is asking you, welcoming you into His reality to taste and see that He is good, that His mercies are new every single morning and will be new every single morning forever and ever and ever for us that belong to Him. Where's God asking you to realize that He is utterly sovereign and always good, even though He doesn't make sense on your terms? And yet, He is utterly sovereign and always good. Where's God asking you to realize what He is doing and what He will do? We have good reason to give thanks, my friends. Every day. Not just because of what God is doing and will do, but because also of what he, what he has done for us. What's represented on this table, his body and his blood poured out for us. So I'm going to ask Jeff to come and lead us in celebrating this incredible gift. We are such grateful recipients.